magnify, magnify. Glorify. Good evening, everyone, brothers and sisters. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's the first week in August, so all the wealthies that have vacationed in the Hamptons, you know, the Marta Vineyards in Canada, and all over the place, it's time back to basic, back to business of being at home as hardworking individuals. The fun is over. <laughs> all right, we thank God for the opportunity that we were able to, um, you know, have these times because he said that when we labor and when we work, you also need rest. Remember, Jesus took some time away, right? Yeah. All right. So even we need some rest. And we, we took that well-deserved rest. The children is off from school for the entire summer. They, too, get their rest. Don't ask me why they did not work. Ouch. But um, I want to talk to you today about... You know, the summer is almost over and our family life is now being restored and it's going back to the normal. What is the normal? For most people, it's work, school, chores, bed, back, work, school, chores, back. That's the normal. That's what life has become. Many people don't get an opportunity to just sit back and relax. We do that mainly in the summer when the kids are out of school, correct? All right, so what does that really mean to, um, you know, back to normal? It means that we are once again, for those of us who are young parents, preparing for our children to return to school. We had them the entire summer, most of us, and so we kept them safe from harm, correct? We kept them among family members that we feel confident with, that we trust to have conversations around our kids, right? They were in that fence during the summer, for those of us who still kept them among us rather than in camps. Where we're turning, our children are returning to aggressive path, and we need to protect our children from the influence of the outside world. It will once again start in this month in Florida, back to school in an environment that is filled with confusion, chaos, and a lot of distress things that they're going to learn. We don't know what's happening with our school curriculum. We no longer have any religious knowledge being taught in school. Our children are confused. Would you say yes? They're very confused. The TV saying one thing, the teachers saying one thing, and we are teaching another thing. They're confused. We're preparing them to return to school by shopping, and doing the required you know, things such as getting school supplies, making sure that they do not look any less than the other children because that can be a sense of humiliation for them and can kill their self-esteem. And today, as parents, we're much more knowledgeable about mental health. So we are doing our best as parents with whatever little we have to make sure our children feel comfortable among their peers. Mm -hmm. Some of us may not be able to buy the outstanding name brands, but we're doing our best. Mm -hmm. Now, think about this. Whose children are mostly affected in today's world? It is the children of Christian parents. People 
people who want to serve God and live up to his word and walk in righteousness. We have a big battle on our hands. How do we try to work that and get a balance? Very difficult. Because as I mentioned before, there's like three different worlds going on. The one the teacher taught, the one the world taught, and the one we teach them at home by the lives we live. Now, as you know, and you may ask, because as Christians, our value system is met with the highest Bible standards, and our children has, will have a hard time living up to it as they try to fit in. What are they fitting in? Where are they trying to fit in? They're trying to fit in with the world. How can we let them understand that they live in the world, but they don't have to be a part of the world? For a child, that can be confusing. Wouldn't you say? So, the value system of your friends, because think about this, America is a melting pot. A lovely country, I bless myself every single time. I pick up something, I say, God, I thank you for blessing me. I have this because I'm in America. It is the place that everybody wants to come because there have been a false idea sent out there that America have gold lined the streets. So everybody from every walks of life came to America. The Muslims, the Catholic, the Jews, the Christians, the I don't even know who, the Buddhists, everybody comes to America. It's a melting pot. What do you think happened in the school? They don't have the Christian school separated unless you have money to pay for it. And most people don't. So everybody's mixed up in the school. The children are mixed up. So different tradition comes in, religious teaching comes in, everything is mixed up. How do you keep your child safe from confusion and distraction and destruction? As Christian parents, it's very difficult because we have to go to work. We cannot homeschool. They come home and you hear two of your children, if you have 10 in the house, please make sure you have two at least. So you'll know what's going on outside. Don't want, one won't talk to themselves unless they have the invisible friend, and that's a mental health right there. So you'll hear your children if you're sneaky, and you'll hear them talk about last summer. Little teeny Tana was teeny Tana, but this summer, this school year, teeny Tana is now Johnny. Oh, they call it gender identity, and you can't say him, you can't say her, and so it confuses a child. Very confusing, even for me, I'm still trying to figure out a lot of the changes that's going on in our vocabulary. Let's use this scenario. We get our child ready for school in their new clothes, new backpack books, and get you know, the, the whole thing going on, you know, they're all prepared for school. Then came the rain as we opened the door to send our child off to the bus or to walk with their friends to school. Do you just let them go out in the pouring rain? As a caring parent, what would you do? The rain, it's pouring. You would pull that child back and you would get them comfortably dressed in what I call the raincoat. Today, they and AJ call it pancho. 
right? It's America. We have new vocabulary words. Pancho. <laughs> so we would pull them back because the weather is bad. We don't want them getting wet, ruining their new clothes, but most importantly, we don't want them getting a cold first week of school. That would mean we have to take out from work to stay home, right? Nobody likes to lose money, even when we love the little munchkins. So you prepare them, you dress them comfortably in situation to fight the weather. You help them to understand. In this case, we may provide, you know, like I said, the pancho and possible an umbrella. But the point is, we're preparing our children to face disaster of a rainy weather, like protecting them from such disaster and such weather. Sometimes that same child you're protecting will consider what you're doing as a suffocation of their growth and independence. Why? Peer pressure. Their friends see them coming in a pancho instead of coming in soap like matcha. You know, make them feel like, oh, you wearing that? Oh, you must be a mama's boy. So they too have a lot of fight going on with themselves, identifying what is right and what is wrong. My parents said this, pastor said this, my Bible teacher said this, the Bible said this, but most of the people in my class said something else. They said majority rule, right? Majority of the vote will rule, yes. The kids will form an alliance based upon their belief, what they're being taught, and they can seriously damage your child as a Christian parent. So for people who are watching online who have young children going back out to school, I suggest that you start preparing to have a family night of Bible study and listening and talking to your children to find out what's going on in their daily lives or at school. If you don't, disaster can creep in. They're being influenced by different conversations that's being held you know, during the school day by their peers that they love and they enjoy the friendship. And now it conflicts with what you're teaching them as believer in Christ. So let's take a look here at Rebellion. I have three sons. The oldest and the youngest does not mind my kissing them to have a great day when I take them to school on their first day and so forth and so on. But my middle son didn't like it. Sympathy is why? Friends will taunt them. Oh, you're a mommy's boy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mommy kiss you on the lip. Yes, it happens. I've seen it. So for that sake, I learned to restrain myself from showing my affection as a mom so as to protect my son from the outside humiliation as a mommy's boy. Names hurt. Mental health. That's all he's going to think of all throughout his day. So we, the parents, you see where we have to compromise, guys? We have to compromise. Why? We're trying not to let the world suffocate for a child and humiliate them to bring them to ruin. Because not everybody comes from a loving Christian home. We have to understand that. 
Let's look at Ecclesiastes 7, verse 16 and 17. I'm using my uh, electronic Bible in a matter of time. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 16 and 17. All right, so it says, Be not righteous over much, neither make thyself Overwise, why shouldest thou destroy thyself? So, and then it says in seventeen, be not over much, be not over much wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? Let me go into another um, version of the same thing that I can get a clear. You see, King James version sometimes has a way of. You know, not getting where I want to get in my own language. Okay? So here it says, in 16 and 17, the same um, Ecclesiastic 7, do not be overly righteous, nor show thyself excessively wise. What should you bring ruin to yourself? My understanding of this is, and correct me if I'm wrong, even though we read God's word and we know what it says, we have to be very careful. We must be very careful how we distribute this knowledge to our children. Because if we are overly, listen to the word, overly, then we could create a problem. Because right now we're fighting against principalities with our children in school. So we cannot force our biblical principles the way that we would have done it in another time on the children because now they will rebel. We have to deliver God's word and guide and nurture our children with love and with conversations. You're in the kitchen if you're fortunate to have the, you know, both parents in the home and you're in the kitchen talking, make the conversation not about the neighbor or your co-worker or your other family members, make it about a story from the Bible. Make it about love, about what God said. So the, these children eardrop, you know, they, they, they listen, and they, they're on their iPad and they're doing all that stuff, but they're hearing. So drop in, surround your home, because we have to be wise. Why? Because we are fighting with principalities what the system says against what the Bible says. Because we're living in a time where ruin is about to happen. And right now, as I was thinking about doing this, you know, and I prayed about it, the Lord brought up a story in my spirit whereby the firstborn, mostly men, were being killed. See, Satan cannot really just attack the woman. He has to go after the young ones at this point. Because why? We are so vigilant as adults now. We are so strong in the word that he knows that we have the blood that will trample him and we will treat him like scorpion under our feet. But the little ones, suffer the little children to come unto me, Jesus said. Forbid them not, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You think Satan didn't hear those words? Yes, he did. 
is after our children. That's one of the reasons why today, brothers and sisters, we have identity issues with our young children. Little Johnny no longer see his first part as what God said it to be. So he think he has an issue. Little Susie, same thing. What does God say? All right. I'll get to that what God said in the beginning. And so we can always reiterate um, his conversation, you know, because you're chopping the character or whatever, you know. I love the story when God said, let us make man. And then after he made man, he made a wife. This conversation, let your children hear them on a casual level. Feed them indirectly and directly, informal and formal. Because if you don't, the enemy, Satan, the God of this world, will do it for you. Have conversations with your children so that they know and they hear and the seed is planted. The enemy knows how important it is for education and schooling. And he knows how important that is to our Christian parents. And so now, such important avenue of growth is being challenged by the God of this world, Satan. The children need social growth and education for future. It's very important in their lives as they grow up as adults in adulthood and they take positions at work. They need this so we can keep them at home. They need this, they need the exposure. Satan knows that. I saw something on, you know, before I really get, I, I don't like to say I found Christ because he wasn't lost. Before he found me and before he, you know, turned my life around and starts to have people around me, you know, saturate me with such love and knowledge. I used to be, you wouldn't tell by the size I am today, but I could put Beyonce to ruin. I would let Rihanna be thinking about what else she could do to beat me at. I was a good dancing girl on my feet. And I'll tell you this, one of the things I never paid attention to is symbols in the videos and in their music, what they're saying. I just hear the beat. And I would just go with the beat. Recently, and I know my husband is sitting there like, yeah, thank God she admits it. <laughs> I went on TikTok, as I like to go on TikTok, I find a lot of things to lose weight. You know, everybody has a little recipe. And I was on TikTok scrolling, and I saw somebody talking about the demonic things that comes out of the music. The symbols that they make and who worship it, you know, make a pledge to worship the devil. And I'm thinking to myself, OMG, really? And as I looked at the, the symbol, because you know, when they do these videos, they give you a, a little bit of clip of what you're talking about by putting the, the artists out there and they show you whatever hand move they made, whatever. They, you know, to show you what symbols are versus what's in the scripture. So even with the music that our children are listening to, we've got to take note of it. Very important. There are many gods in this world, and a lot of people today are dedicating themselves to the enemy. 
for power. Sister Susan, I sit there smiling because power is what the enemy wants. Power is what that God wants. And so many are following him because the children are so innocent. It's like lamb, but they said lamb to the sheep, the, the, the wolves or something. Kids don't realize where they're going. It's in the music. It's not just in the school. So we have to form a relationship in our homes that we can have even a once a week, half an talk to our children. You know, the children will eventually whatever seed you sow, no matter how much they think they've grown and gone, it will not depart. Skills of our children requires and a lot. And in some cases, we'll have them succeed in their profession and in their social behavior, causing excellent growth in work experiences. And money is always something that we're going to chase after no matter what. And they need that. They need that experience to do the chasing. And no matter how good you are as a parent, your child is going to develop into their own self, their own personalities but the principle that you impart to them in your home will never go away. So the question now is, how can we succeed as Christian parents despite the challenges of today's deceptive world? Let's take a look at uh, Proverbs 22, verse 29. Again, Feel free to correct me because I am a work in progress. I'm not the best Bible scholar, so I spend a lot of time with Mr. Google to, you know, help me find my point. Thank God for the, the, the inventor. Now, in, in Proverbs 22, verse 29, it says, Have you seen a man skillful at work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before common men. Again, my understanding and interpretation of that is that our children does need the social skills to be able to perform and stand as an exceptional person in front of their employer in order to gain power. Power in their finances, power in oh, a little bit of stability, because nobody does have stability when you work for somebody. But at least they said, you know, they need that. And the scripture clearly proved. And again, I will reiterate what I just read. Have you seen a man skillful at his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before common men. Think about today. Louis Vuitton, Gucci, they're not cheap product. When I did not use the money, they were my best friend because it's a show. That's what our kids are, you know, running after today. They're running after the show of the world. We've been there, we know. But we have a responsibility to guide them so that when they stand in front of kings as wise men and women, that they're standing in order of God's plan for their life. They will not stand because they have compromised their intellect, their principles on the scriptures and what God said. 
Now, take a minute to think of your grandchildren, because most of us here today are highly blessed that we have lived to see grandchildren and we've weathered the storm and now we're praying for our children to be better parents and do all this stuff. So let's think about that. Four-year-old going to school, daycare. You don't think another four-year-old in that same little daycare there have a tantrum issue or rude language? How do you deal with that? In school, children of different tradition, as I mentioned, religion, race, and sexual orientation. Sexual orientation is a big thing these days. Doesn't matter their age. That's the issue today, sexual orientation. Many children are distorted because the views coming in from the other children, again, it's a difference of culture, difference of the way we live, difference of the melting pot, the lifestyle, okay? So the opinion is based, the opinion that our children form is based on what you're taught or the lives they see that we're living at home versus the one that they go out into the world and get exposed to. Think of the conversation they will have about sex, morals, and most recently identifying whether they are male or female, boy or girl, some do not even know what they really believe themselves to be. They really don't. As young as they are, I'm watching the TV the other day, and parents are having a tickle because their child wants to say they're this, and the birth certificate say that, and the kid is throwing a tantrum, and the parents is joining in. We have to pray one for another. This is not a finger pointing. This is because we build our lives on the principles given according to the scriptures, given from Jehovah God, and because we also know that God loves us so much, he sacrificed his only son for us. So how can we let the little one just go by and fall to the wayside? They are inheritance of the Lord. We have to fight for them. We need to really not be so afraid to talk to children just because they're not our own. My son used to tell me, mommy, when I lived in New York, those kids will kill you. I used the express bus to Manhattan to work. Every morning, the girls and the boys on the bus for the short little 15 minute ride, they're doing their lovey, lovey stuff on the bus. Now I'm old school, don't be doing all that in front of me. I come a far away baby like Virginia Slim, where I could even watch my own son and their wife get a kiss. I wasn't into that. I wasn't brought up with such expression. These are young kids in high school, middle school. And I could go to the back of the bus. That's where my favorite seat was. And my son wanted to disown me the minute we leave home. Because he knows the kids can be vicious. They're set in their ways. The principle from home was not in sync with my principle as a parent. I could tell. Sometimes we're wrong. They have good parents. They just come out and try to be, you know, the fittings to a puzzle called the Sodom of today. But so how can we navigate through a growing Sodom and Gomorrah? 
You may not see it, but I see it. It's not my generation that is so much the Sodom and Gomorrah. It's the young generation coming up. Because if you don't know who you are, tomorrow you may call yourself a pig and start squeaking. You don't know who you are because you're not. Your parents or whatever it is, the system is not lining up with God's word. That says God created man and woman in his image. So if you can't identify with either of those according to the scripture, we have a serious problem. Let's address what God said in Genesis 1 verse 27. Because, you know, sometimes I... I'm not, like I said again, I'm not the best scholar server now and then. My scripture may be all over the place, you know. But I do know one thing. In the beginning, the first book of the Bible, in the beginning, and whenever in doubt about who I am, I go back to the beginning. In the beginning, in verse 27, Genesis 1, it says, and God went on to create the man in his image. In God's image, he created him, male and female. He created them. Nowhere in the Bible it says that the first thing God did was, you know, create a confused person. I have seen um, in storybooks, like you go to a library and, you know, you try to borrow a book and you're flipping through. I've seen um, an animal, half human, half uh, human, um, animal. But that's not, in my opinion, that's not where I connect. I connect with another human, male or female. So I didn't write the book, wasn't even born then, but it's what the Bible said. In Psalm 139, Again, and I'm only picking up some of these references because I, you know, I too will lean on my own understanding and I pray about not leaning on my own understanding with matters of such. Because as believers, you, if you want to really help someone to understand the love and, 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 and the care and the, 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 the joy of being in Christ, you must put self aside and use the word of God in your conversation with each person because this is not my word. This is not my word. And I love everyone, but I still have a duty and a responsibility to help guide people according to the scripture. Now, 139 verse 14. Psalm 139, verse 14 says, I praise you because in awe-inspiring way, I am wonderfully made. Your work are wonderful. I know this very well. Wonderfully made. I thought sometimes, you know, I love when the pastor preaches and he gives an analogy fact that he probably wouldn't fit in the Madasarati, you know, not just not be able to maintain it. And I smile because I remember there was a time when I thought being skinny mini in my nice tight jeans and, you know, wonderfully looking, you know, because we associate ourselves as wonderful and beautiful with being thin in my generation. 
in my generation growing up into you know the 70s 80s and so forth i'm not telling you my age don't try to figure it out yeah <laughs> yes skinny every every commercial were on these skinny girls you know models were skinny but my god said that in psalm 139 verse 14 that i am wonderfully made so we need to teach our children don't worry that your hair may not be as straight as hers. Don't worry that you may not be as thin. And you know what I tell people when, you know, I'm from Jamaica, so every time somebody sees me, like last time when I went to Canada, and Lord, you're fatty, you're fat. I said, I live in Florida, what do you expect? We get hurricane all the time, I gotta be firm standing, I need this fat, you know? So people of this, notion about what beauty is and what being wonderful is and what the scripture said is that God made me in his image and I'm wonderfully made. Then look, let's take a look at Deuteronomy 31 verse 10 and 12, 10 to 12. So we need to my point is, let your children be comfortable in their skin. Let them know how God made them out of his image, mighty and strong with power and beauty and wonderful and brain. Talk to your children. Don't leave them to feel a sense of insecurity, inferior complexes, because the enemy will snuck and he will snap into your grandchildren and your children's children and he will win. Do not let him win. Let us trample on him with knowledge from God to our descendants. All right, so we're going to look at Deuteronomy 31, verse 10 to 12. Thank God for the, you know, the, the electronic Bible. It works very well. I would be here all day trying to find these things. It says here, Moses commanded them, saying, at the end of every seven year, at the appointed time in the year of the release during the festival of Booth, when all Israel appear before the presence of Jehovah, your God, in the place that he chooses, you should read his law for all Israel to hear it. Gather the people the men, the women, and children, and their foreign residents who is within your cities in order that they may listen and learn about the fear of Jehovah your God and take care to carry out all the words of the law. So we have, a see, this was a responsibility and a power given to him, Moses. We need to take that power and we need to help our neighbor's children and our children. Take fear out of it. Serving God as a Christian is not being fearful. We replace that with faith. We replace faith, fear with faith. We gotta stand up for our children. Doesn't matter that they come from your loin. You have a responsibility. Love every child as your own and guide every child as your own. The same way you want good for yours, want good for the others. You see a child in McDonald's like Karen when she was here, she's seen it all. At that McDonald's example in Woodside. But she never feared. 
we have become complacent as Christians. We're not fighting. We sing the songs, but we're not fighting. We don't have a sword. We're not putting on the breastplate of righteousness. We're not going out there and war on God's behalf. We are not going out there. We worship and we love each other, but there's a whole world out there that needs us. And it starts with me personally, it's the children. I have grandchildren. I see little things. I see little things. And they, when they come at me, and tactfully, because you have to do it nice, because, you know, today, day and age, our children, most of them, I like to say they don't do it the Jewish way. They go and they marry, I think it was Solomon where God telling don't mix up with other people. Don't marry that one, don't take on that one. Our children today, everything they do is from their eyes. They don't do it from, you know, a standpoint whereby, you know what, is this person, culture, tradition, and I'm not against, you know, mixed marriages or anything, I just know it's harder to deal with. Because when you were married, and put it this way, use the story of Solomon. That's caused him to fail and he fall. Why? He did what God said he couldn't do because he wasn't even yoked with some of those women and all those different spirits. So with our children, we want to talk to them about being on one accord with their spouse that they are their friends. Do you have friends who talk about this or that or that or that? We gotta guide them. That's what being evenly yoked is. On one accord, same understanding. I, you cannot tell me, and I, and I say this respectfully, I have to think how I'm gonna phrase this because you know I may get shot down. But the thing is this, you cannot tell me that I, a Jamaican who loved jerk chicken, when I go and I marry a Muslim, now I can no longer wear my hair out. That's gonna bother me. Now I will have to eat what they eat. You see what my point? Yeah. So when you mix it up, you're gonna get a different flavor. Is the flavor in line with God's word that you should live according to his word? Love is beautiful. It has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with how straight your hair is and how thin you are, you know, and how chunky I am. It has to do with mine. Are we on one accord in God's word? Are we teaching our children God's word? That's what it is. Is it lining up with the Bible? Well, I know it's almost time because this is a subject that I've been sitting with and I don't want to keep you long because lately I watch it and I, I smile to myself. You know, we put God on a timer. We put Holy Spirit on a timer. Every time we have to do something for God, we're on a timer. You know, and we, we now have to live by it because people are tired and, you know, the sacrifice is not really, if you watch some of us, including yours truly, church over who? To the door. Timer. Joshua 8, verse 35. I have a very deep concern 
for my grandchildren, your children, and your children's children to come because I can see the beginning of Sodom. We're probably three quarter way into it already. We have the, you know, the music. We have so much distraction for our children, so much. It is really sad and you know, I find that we are losing the battle because we're not being vigilant and we're not operating with faith that we can talk to somebody else's child without having to you know, start an altercation. Because when you approach people about anything to do with God's word, it must be with love. Nobody turns away love, nobody. So Joshua 8, verse 35. And I urge all parents, if there is anyone online listening, to really take this matter seriously because as you put your children out there back into the school world, you're putting them out there back into the world of evil. So unless you set a foundation at home, you may not like what you get returned to you. Now, it says here that there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded Joshua, that that Joshua did not read aloud in front of all the congregation of Israel, including the women and children and the foreign residents who were living among them. So what does that say? My understanding again. We have to talk to everybody, women, children, everybody. Foreign people, that means people you don't know. Don't be afraid. Use faith. We are to teach our children and have discussion with the family so that um, we can be taught you know, what the Bible said and that these immoral ways let, you know, will help the children to understand stuff, so have conversation. I'm gonna skip a couple of the verses, that, um, the scripture references that I have, and I'll just go down in closing where I says that. It says here that, Let's teach our children that what the Bible says and that they will know right from wrong and fear the Lord our God and do what's right so that they will enjoy everlasting life throughout you know, their lives without too much blemish. Can't always protect them, ain't nobody perfect. But you know, let us protect our children the best way we know how by having regular Bible studies and conversation about matters that affect us in this world and use the word of God to identify your guidance in their lives. Cover your children from the storms of life with God's word, and I assure you that seed that we have planted will never die, but will be fruitful and beneficial to the kingdom of God, and you and your family will have everlasting life. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity um, to talk with you on this. It has always been a concern of mine for the young generation coming up. And God wanted me to do this work, give this word at this time. So I trust that there is a parent out there that might be struggling and don't know how. But we're here for you at Covenant of Praise on Wiles Road. And if you do need uh, any form of counseling or you need some help how to help deliver your children out of the hands of the evil one, please join us on our service on Sundays at 1030. We have Bible studies at 7 on Wednesdays. And um, you can always look us up online, Covenant of Praise Coral Springs, and we're in the Florida region. We're here. We'd love to talk to you. Um, 
we're here for you and your family because when your family fall the kingdom of god fall and that's not why we're here we're here to help one another thank you again for this opportunity um we wish you well and have a good night and wish your children and we will now stand as pray and there's one little song that i love jesus love